Welcome to Shorties, a short true crime story. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. So, you know, I went to, I'm not going to name any names for the sake of, you know, getting in trouble, but I went to a festival. Oh, a certain, a, a certain, certain festival. Desert festival. <laughs> in Indio. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. And a party that was like tied to it. And I was reading an article right before this about how they were comparing the one that I went to for fi- to fire festival. Really? Because I guess like right, right when I was leaving, I was getting off of the shuttle and I saw just like hordes of influencers break down the fence and get past security because they were just so anxious to get the party started inside of this <laughs> festival. And there's just like all of these sexy like cowboys and like aliens. Yeah. And just like chicks wearing just like thongs with mesh and, you know, weird yeah. horns and stuff. Yeah. I don't even know. You know, just like breaking down walls to get into this bus. Yeah. Well, I guess... um, a lot of influencers were really angry and they started yelling. It's like all over the news. If you Google it, these influencers start yelling like I should be picked because like, do you know who I am? I have this many followers and I guess people were being heard yelling their follower count and just like who they were and why they deserve a seat on the shuttle. (laughs) It's just the most epic thing on earth to me. And they were saying how it was just like absolutely miserable and a flop because like everyone was really hot and it was really dirty. Man, you're in the this, desert what was this festival called <laughs> it doesn't make any sense i'm so ashamed of my career <laughs> i can't be associated with these people anymore well, podcasting is your new career yeah so. please rate and review this podcast so that i can pursue this instead i'm begging you <laughs> anyways i have a girl murderer today because i realized <gasps> i literally only focus on dudes well, that's just how it goes sometimes. I was yeah. I was literally talking to my dad the other night about like why we do this podcast and why it's so interesting mm-hmm. and why women in particular are so drawn to true crime. Yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that women were so into this stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, we, yes, because they're <laughs> always the target. Exactly. It's always the guys who are doing it and the women who are getting murdered. And he was like, oh, I hate to say it, but men give us a lot of content. Yeah, they give us so a lot of material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, anyways, I love that you're broadening this and you're Mm -hmm. not being sexist anymore. I want to hear about a female killer. Yeah, I was unintentionally sexist. So here we go. (laughs) Here I I am. Over the course of just a few days, three males were found dead in ditches in the Peterborough countryside. All three victims were killed with the same weapon. There didn't appear to be a motive of any kind, but all signs pointed to one woman being responsible. Joanna Dennehy was born in Hertfordshire, UK in 1982. I think I think those are pronounced Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire. Or Hertfordshire. <laughs> or like when it's a when there's a Shire, like Americans oh, say like Shire. Cheshire cat. But yeah, but the Brits say Hertfordshire. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Hertfordshire, UK in 1982. She was raised by her mother Kathleen and her father Kevin. She also has a sister named Maria. She seemed to have a very healthy and stable home life. Her parents were loving and she did very well in school. Like many TJ, there's something about no, you see, looking at me directly that gives me. I was looking. Fright. I'm looking you away. Look down. Look down. I, if I actually look at you, I stop listening. I'm like, oh, her her lips look pretty. Oh, her hair's so nice. I like. Am I? Oh, stop like, some I, more. <laughs> I hate to hear that. Sorry. I, yeah. No, so I'll, look away. I'll look away. I'm like uh, Damien and Mean Girls. Don't look at me. <laughs> 
Like many teenagers, she started experimenting with drugs and that led to hanging out with a rougher crowd. When she was only 15 years old, she met a 20-year-old named John Trainer. She left home and eventually got pregnant with two kids. Everyone close to Joanna noticed that she seemed to care more about her needs than the needs of her children and loved ones. She and John fought constantly, her drug addiction and alcoholism often being the root of the problem. It was at this time when she started cutting herself with knives and razors. John and her family members stated that she grew more and more narcissistic and violent with time. She was incredibly manipulative and she showed absolutely no remorse for the damage that she was doing on her partner and children, as well as for all of the petty crimes she was committing. One day John had had enough and he left with the kids. He couldn't bear having them around such a violent and unpredictable human being. But this left Joanna homeless. Her klepto tendencies continued, and she was arrested in 2012 for theft. When she was in prison, she underwent a series of psychological tests. She was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, and it was noted that she was especially impulsive and prone to violent rage and anger. She was then given medication to help regulate her mood swings. The following year, Joanna met a man named Kevin Lee. He was 48 years old, and he rented cheap rooms to people in desperate need of a roof over their heads. It didn't take long for Joanna and Kevin to begin a sexual relationship, and eventually she started to work for him. Her job was to basically go around threatening the tenants if they owed money for rent. Oh my God. <laughs> Just, she was paid to be a bully. And like a little like bulldog. Exactly. And she began to feel very in control of her own life for the first time. Like she was just like loving being dominant. And she just liked that she had a job. She had a place to live. She had a man to sleep with, <laughs> a married man to sleep with. <laughs> so she decided to stop taking her antipsychotic medication. Of course. Because things are going, they're going well. And they're going well. God it's, forbid it's yeah. the medication that's yeah. helping. Yeah. On March 19th, 2013, Joanna sent a text to a man named, I'm going to not do well at this pronunciation. Let's try. <laughs> Lucas Lobzwelski. What? Did yeah, we'll it. take it or leave it. <laughs> well, you kind of pulled away from the mic, so uh, say it again. It was intentional. Oh. Um, okay, I'll give it like another option that it could be. Slavoswski. <laughs> okay. It's weird because it's like S-Z-E-W-K-I. How are you going to do a Zwicky? Zwicky? <laughs> I mean, come on, it's you guys. Phonetic. Lavoslowski. They had met so, on the... What, sorry, what's his first name? Lucas. We'll just Lucas. call him Lucas We'll just S. go with Lucas. Yeah, because I don't want to be disrespectful to Lucas. They had met on the streets, and it was believed that there had to have been like a sexual relationship that they had had when they were okay. both living out there. Yeah. She asked him to come over and have a few drinks at her place. At one point of the evening, Joanna asked Lucas to put on a blindfold so they could play a little game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> classic. One of those, one of those games. <laughs> I was like, I say classic, but then I was like, well, no, not, not really, because she took a knife and she stabbed Lucas through the heart. Okay. So it was not a sexy little game. No. Um, after killing him, she realized that she wouldn't be able to dispose of his body on her own, so she calls up a guy named Gary Richards, and Gary was 7'3", and assisted Joanna and like all of her criminal behavior. <laughs> like he was just what kind of like her backup with dude. That instead of playing basketball. I know seven Gary three. wasting those jeans. Yeah. But the thing is, is he had like a fat crush on her and he was willing to do whatever she told him to do. Mm, yeah. So I think like, you know, Joanna over the NBA. Clearly. <laughs> Stupidly enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he had any athletic capabilities either. <laughs> he just got the height. Um, Gary shows up with someone named Leslie Layton and together they carry Lucas's body out to a wheelbarrow. Oh my God, I can never say this name, this word, sorry. 
wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow. <laughs> Wheelbarrow. <laughs> That's a weird word. Wheelbarrow. Listeners, try saying it. Good luck. Wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow. <laughs> I love that you say it with an accent. Because it doesn't, it's like a little. Um, so they carry Lucas's body to a wheelbarrow that is outside. Yes. And a few days later, the body was thrown into a ditch in the Peterborough countryside. I think a thing that I'm most amazed with some of these stories mm-hmm. is the ability to find people to help oh, yeah. dispose of a body or commit a murder or something. like it, People are just down. I don't think I have anyone in my life who's just down. Are you? Well, I mean, Is that why like, you're looking at me like that? I could just, well, <laughs> give me one of these. <laughs> well, I would say that like if you, maybe this isn't the place to do it, but like if you killed someone, it's because you had to. Like sure. it's, you're not just doing it for because you okay. didn't have anything to do that day. That's different. If we were, if it was a different situation where it was just like, I know this isn't who you are, but it had to be I'll done. Help you. But, but we are also the people that know to go to the police versus be found out. Like that's going to be there's going to be a lot of help there involved. But if it's something where you look guilty, I think there's a few people you can call. You wink, 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 wink. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a criminal though. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm not in the market to kill anybody. Yeah, I'm not interested in doing so, but it's just nice to know who Let you Let the can record rel- show. <laughs> I, know, I know, I need to have this in writing and verbal confirmation. So a little over a week later on March 28th, Joanna asked a man named John Chapman to come over for some drinks. They hung out for a while, they got drunk. John got especially drunk and he passed out. While he was unconscious, Joanna stabbed him to death with the same knife that she had used to kill Lucas. Once again, she called up Gary and Leslie to dispose of the body. John Chapman was thrown into the same ditch in Peterborough. And like, how is she meeting so many dudes? <laughs> she yeah. just has so many dudes to text to come over for drinks. I love that you're like so many. There's only been two. two. <laughs> I I could totally get two guys to come over. So yeah, totally. If I you're could- listening to this, <laughs> I could also do that if I wanted to. You're right, there only has been two. Yes, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, you can, Anna. You can You can talk to two guys at the same time if oh, you want if to. If I wanted to, man. Yeah, it could, be, want, it could be on. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to find them, but yeah. uh, I know I can. I literally wrote in my notes, I don't even meet men in general that frequently. Know, much less talking to <laughs> just two. Just talking to two. Come on. <laughs> the very next day, Joanna invited her landlord, Kevin Lee, to her place. and she's He's the one that she's having yeah. relations with. Yeah. She repeated the same routine of chatting and drinking before stabbing him in the heart. After, she dressed him in a black dress of hers and then called Gary to dump his body as well. Wait, why did she do that part? Maybe it was like a in mourning, a funeral thing. She never explained herself of the wardrobe choices, but he was the only one that she dressed in a piece of clothing okay. of her own. <laughs> I think things are escalating yeah. into, in the weirdness yeah. factor. Yeah. A few days pass and clearly Joanna was fiending for another crime because she fiending for it because she and Gary decided to commit a robbery in Norfolk. They asked a man named Mark Lloyd to help carry the stolen items. And as they were driving away, Joanna starts bragging about all the murdering she's been doing recently. This completely shocked Mark, but he decided to like feed into her mania because he decided to point out a random person that was just walking by to say that he he should kill him. After picking someone, Joanna jumps out of the car and stabbed a 64-year-old man named Robin Breeza. Robin fell to the ground, covered in his own blood. Less than 10 minutes later, Joanna attacked a 57-year-old named John Rogers. She stabbed him over 30 times. Oh my so God. These, I mean, I don't even say assholes because like I described it's a lot of people's assholes. Asshole. Like these monsters are yeah. driving around and he's just like, 
That oh, one. You, oh, that you, one. oh, you murder that people? One. That one. Do that one then. Oh and she jumps gosh. out and just like randomly starts stabbing this person over 30 times. Joanna's third victim, Kevin Lee, had a wife and a family at home, so his disappearance did not go unnoticed. She reported him missing, the wife, and on March 30th, his body was discovered. He's the landlord, right? He was the landlord okay. that she was having relations with. He was identified, and investigators looked into his like last phone exchanges, like his texts, and Joanna Dennehy quickly became a person of interest. The two men that had been brutally attacked that day of the robbery actually survived by like some sort of insane miracle. The two guys from the street. The one that was stabbed 30 times. Whoa. They both, they both survived, and they were able to describe the woman who had stabbed them, and they recalled, they both recalled that the woman had a star tattoo on her face. Oh, well, that's extremely distinct. Easy to distinguish, yeah. <laughs> the next day on April 3rd, the bodies of Lucas S. and John Chapman were found. At first, authorities made no connection between the two bodies and the death of Kevin Lee. Joanna was sitting in the stolen vehicle that she had been riding in the day that she had stabbed Robert and John Rogers, the two men that survived, when two cops approached her. They had just gotten word over the radio that the same vehicle was connected to the stabbings and at least one murder. The officers walked up to the car window and saw the star tattoo on her face. When Joanna was arrested, she was remarkably calm and cold. As she was being led to her cell, she was singing, singing in the rain. From the musical? <laughs> you want to sing it for us? No. Sing. No. Well, <laughs> I think we all know uh, which one it is. Yeah, well, for she those that don't. <laughs> singing that while they walked her into her. Yeah, like a friggin' lunatic. Yeah. It's like, I mean, are you doing that for effect? Yeah, well. Probably. That's the question. While being held at HM Prison Bronzefield, psychiatrists diagnosed her with a psychopathic personality, as well as borderline personality and antisocial personality disorder. So like just like a cocktail of, cocktail of insanity. In November of 2013, Joanna pled guilty to all three murders, as well as the two attempted murders. Joanna's sister Maria said that she was not shocked at all that her sister pled guilty in all of the charges because, in quotes, I think she did that to control the situation. She likes people to know she's the boss. That's why your sister's killing people? Yes. Yeah, I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss, okay. That's why she's doing things. <laughs> um, no, I think it was more like uh, the fact that she pled guilty. People were shocked that she would just own up to it. Oh. But it's like she, if anything, oh, that was a I win see. that she did that. But it was more she just wanted to assert that like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Taking control. She was proud of it. It has been said that her goal was to kill nine men in total so that she could be like Bonnie and Clyde. She was sentenced to life in prison, and the trial judge stated that she should never be released. He believed that Joanna was sadomasochistic and lacked the normal range of human emotions. I would like to also back that up. I would agree with <laughs> I that. I agree with the judge. There have only been two other female killers that have been told that their life sentence should in fact mean life. The two others were Myra Henley, the piece of shit that kidnapped like all of those children with her boyfriend and murdered them. Do you hear about this? No. It's like the it was like a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend that drew drove drove all around the UK and they would just point out random children, kidnap them and murder them. Oh, I didn't. I remember know. listening to a podcast episode and it was like because I, I can't do kid murders yeah. and I had to turn it off. But she was one of those, so she falls in that category. Okay, and then she also falls in the category of Rosemary West, who also oh. tortured and killed children yeah. with her boyfriend. Yeah, and I think she had like a um, like an orphanage where they took kids in. And then murdered them. Yeah. And she was described as the epitome of evil. In 2018, Joanna became friends with another inmate named Alexander Cruzers. And supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly. <laughs> and supposedly. 
Ooh, brain's melting. <laughs> I love your little bounce of like, <laughs> you <Yeah>. sounded stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly they made a suicide pact. They were found with severe neck and wrist injuries, but were not killed. They were separated, but this did not stop Joanna from attempting suicide a second time. She once again failed, and she is still serving her life sentence at HM Prison, Bronzefield. Her mom was interviewed in 2017 for a documentary, and she said, in quotes, she was very sensitive. If she stood on a worm or something, she'd be really upset if it died. She used to take them to bed with her. So she was a loving girl. She was polite to everybody. Teachers always said that she was a nice girl. And then they say that everything changed when she hit her mid-teens and started doing drugs and her life just pivoted. But it's like also like if you kind of think about it, she's standing on something and it's dying and then she takes it to bed with her. You could oh, argue- Oh, she takes the dead ones She to took bed? the dead thing. She would feel bad that she would in quotes feel bad that she stepped on something and killed it and then would bring it to bed with her. Like you could also argue oh. that that was- I misunderstood. I thought you meant like she loves all animals, even worms. So she took her worms to bed. <laughs> I didn't realize you meant the dead worms. Literally, it says that if she stood on something and it died, she would take it to bed with her. I don't see. I wouldn't. If my kid was doing that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, oh, she feels guilty. She, I'd be like, she's killing things on purpose and then and sleeping, sleeping with, with it. Them. Not to criticize the mom, but yikes. Yeah. So. Anyways, I think the drugs then probably brought out the, insane, the mental drugs, illness. Especially at such a young age, and then you're doing it consistently when your brain is still developing. It Recipe. completely changes everything. 100%. So, unfortunately, Joanna Dennehy was just another one of those people. Yeah. I really want to show you this photo of her. Do it. It's so show me. You know that one meme um, where it's like the guy with the machete tattoo on his face, and it's like, man kills five with machete and then the caption was it's always the people you least expect <laughs> yeah. this is literally joanna she has handcuffs around her belt buckle she's carrying that knife that's, tongues out that's her and then i'm just like what she's getting all these dudes okay i mean when it comes to drugs anybody can get anybody yeah <laughs> so, so on, if, if you're struggling to get guys on a that's drugs. the only thing missing for them drugs <laughs> anyways that is my story of the day. Well, thank you for sharing. You're very welcome, Ashley. It was really interesting. I'd never heard that. I Googled girl murders and she was one of them that popped up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's to equality. Yeah, I know. <laughs> here's to equality. Do you got a chick murder tomorrow? Uh, No. Female victim. I guess I could. Yeah. <laughs> the huge. The huge. <laughs> Seriously. All right. All right. Love, Love you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you enjoy listening. We owe everything to the many journalists, authors, filmmakers, psychiatrists, and psychologists whose extensive work and expertise we pulled from to share this episode with you. To view detailed source material, as well as content from today, please visit us on Instagram and TikTok at Shorty's Podcast. We really love doing this show, and if you'd like to help with the continued creation of it, you can support by donating to our Patreon patreon.com slash shorties podcast. This episode was hosted by Ashley Brumley Johnson and Ana Katarina.